Jeremy, how are you doing, bud? I'm good, man. I just got done eating little, dinner, so I'm uh, a little full. Nice. A little intro from our good friend TMR. If you guys don't know who the Marine Rapper is, go check him out. Uh, I always have trouble finding his website, so just go to YouTube and put in the Marine Rapper, and you'll find all his stuff. I'm drinking. I'm drinking ginger ale tonight, boys. He's doing it right for once. This is actually this is a mug from the Protectors. I don't know. Can you see that? I don't have my screen up. Does that does that work? Yeah, you can kind of see it. It's a little awesome. blurry, but you can see it. That's Jason Piccolo's uh, podcast. Check him out, Dr. Jason Piccolo. Actually, we're going to have him on soon, too. Uh, former, I don't know, he's got all sorts of law enforcement and secret squirrel stuff. He's a cool guy. So we're going to have him on and a little plug for him. The reason why I'm drinking ginger ale, and I've talked about it already, so I'm going to stop because I'm starting to sound like a little bitch, <laughs> is that I am quarantined. And I know I've been talking about it a lot. I apologize, but this is a freaking pain in my ass, man. I can't, I can't, I can't take it. I was telling Jeremy when I walked into the studio to set this up or to get this uh, episode going, it smelled like a fraternity house because I'm literally living in this room. I have a toilet over there, which might be TMI, I'm not sure. <laughs> and uh, a couch right there. And this is it. I'm spending my whole day in here. My wife actually walked in. And she put something over her nose because it smelled so bad. I'm like, come on, it can't be that bad. So but it smells it like uh, booze and uh, lube? Uh, no, stop <laughs> Anyways, uh, if the Reverend Wars, which you should be, if you're watching the show, make sure you share this with all your veteran friends because, and I say this all the time, the reason why we do these shows is to get veterans out of isolation. And sometimes, especially when you're quarantined in a podcast studio, the only way you can get out and out of isolation is to connect versus or uh, through things like this. So make sure you share it. Uh, I am your host, Kevin Sullivan. With me, as always, is Jeremy. He is the uh, Reverend Warrior Sherpa. He helps answer all the questions and translates all that Marine noises that you guys make. Uh, I don't. Can you give me one of those? It's like a ute. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know. When I have you guys around, it sounds like someone's beating the shit out of a donkey. If you guys are watching this on Instagram, so see, I remember now, I'm, I'm getting better at this. Head hey. over to 21gun.net and you'll see the live show, the live stream uh, link right at the top hand corner. So see you guys later. And we're off. Say again. Good show, guys. <laughs> what? What's oh yeah for them? I thought yeah, I thought literally we just went off air. I thought no, no, it's it's dude. Don't fuck the movie, with me like you that. Go through the credits. And you're like good movie, guys. Have a good night. Don't mess me mess with me like that. <laughs> Tonight we have a follow up and keep your eye out. See if he hops. I, he did hop on. Cool. We'll pull yep, him up in a minute. We have a follow up with Keith Bridges. Uh, if you guys remember, he was the Marine that did a ruck uh, just <clears throat> last week, two weeks ago. We had him on. Uh, he rucked from Camp Lejeune all the way up to Arlington National Cemetery. And let me tell you, I posted his, uh, he live streamed uh, when he got to Arlington and I posted that up on the uh, Reverend Warriors Facebook page. Check it out. Um, here I am watching it. I'm like, oh sweet, let's put this on and have a good day. And then just 
waterfall. Very, very powerful stuff. Um, check it out. It, it's so, uh, you know, we talked a little bit with him about why he was doing it and, um, you know, the mission behind rucking to remember and all that. Right. But uh, he got really into detail about personally why he did it. And um, maybe we'll talk about it uh, when when he comes on, but he's going to give us a little update. He just finished yesterday. So that's that's incredible. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever rucked. I mean, what's the farthest a Marine rucks during training? Usually about 13 miles. Yeah. And that sucks, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. 13. I did 12 yes, and I was like, oh, this is going to kill me. 365. Yeah. Fucking hell. That's yeah. ridiculous. Now with little to no alcohol, probably, man, I, man, two, three, three miles. I, I need to, I need a bar stop, you know? I don't think you could, like you're going that far. No. You couldn't drink. I mean, I know, I know they said the blood drink, and all that. Uh, uh-uh. they sometimes drink at the, um, uh, sorry, I'm trying to fix my Instagram thing here. He broke it. No, no. I just realized it, it didn't come up yet. So let oh, me just wow. do this real quick. Paste and post. Got them uh, Got them old there. brick phones, you know, back from when Jesus was around. <laughs> this is an iPhone. I am high tech, my friend. So did you know 3. that, so speaking of iPhones, quick little, little quick knowledge, you know, they, they started talking about iPhones before iPhones actually came out in a movie called Johnny Mnemonic that just we just watched recently. Seriously? He talks about, about, go get me an iPhone and blah, 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 blah. And I was like. Was it? Because sometimes, like the guys in tech, they're they're nerds, right? So, like Elon Musk is a huge fan of 2001: A Space Odyssey and all that stuff. Maybe they were fans of the movie and they just decided to name the phone the iPhone. Probably because he said, "I watched it earlier," and he, he said, "Go get me an iPhone. Give me this pad. Give me these gloves." And I'm like, "I love that iPhone." Show. It was before the iPhones even came out. We used to get into technology a lot. In my old pod- podcast on how crazy things are getting. This little piece of plastic can broadcast. Uh, a TV show across the entire world in real time. I mean, it's the size of a wallet. Like uh, we get kind of comfortable in our technology. I always tell this. Uh, so when people start bitching about things like stupid things, like, um, I don't know, I, I can't think of one right now. Everything. I like to tell people, I say, do you know what? Go downstairs, take a look at that, whatever color it is for you, for our, uh, for us, it's stainless steel. Look at that stainless steel box in your kitchen that keeps your food from spoiling, that gives you filtered water and just appreciate having a refrigerator for a day because a hundred years ago, they didn't have them at all. And, and now we have pieces of plastic that can broadcast across the world that people can make movies on. There's that whole thing on uh, YouTube where people, they're filmmakers and they just film on the iPhone 12. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible what they can do with that stuff. Technology is amazing. All right, let's bring up the warrior of the week. Jeremy, yes, sir. And let me know when you have some pictures up for it. This is a personal one uh, of mine. Uh, it's it's a good friend of mine. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can hold it together while I talk about this. I used to be, I used to be a, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, emotionally numb, uh, which a lot of us deal with, right? A lot of us deal with that. You know, why would I ever show feelings <laughs> around right. people? And then I went through the whole therapy thing and all that stuff. And now drop of the hat. Like, and it's weird, the things that will make me tear up, right? Like I, I can watch some things and I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then like, you know what one, you know what's one that gets me a lot is those, those ones where, and maybe it's because I have kids. It's when the service members come back and they surprise their kids. They might be at like, oh, a, yeah. like a football game or something and they turn around. I'm just, 
kids waterfall. are in tears. Yeah, just yeah. Bring waterfall. the tissues. Bring the tissues. So, with that said, uh, that's my disclaimer. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it together here, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> so, this week's word of the week is Brian Petrus. He's a U.S. Air Force C-130 flight engineer. I actually never flew with uh, with Brian. We flew with a lot of the same people, but we didn't meet until after we were. Well, I think he was still in at the time. Uh, but I'll tell you about that in a minute. Uh, but after I was out, I met him on a disabled veterans bike ride that went from San Francisco to Virginia Beach, four thousand miles. I think it's a hell of a trip. It was crazy. Um, one hundred twenty-three thousand feet of climbing. It was. It was. It was easily the the best thing I ever did. It was. It was such an awesome trip. And well, I mean, I met people like like Brian Petrus here, Nico Maroulis, who's who I'm going to try to get to come on the show. Um, is another person I met on there, but yeah, I mean, just an amazing trip. So, uh, Brian's story, well, we'll go back. We'll, we'll kind of start at the very beginning. Uh, he decided to join the air force in 2003. He started as a crew chief in Delaware for two years. So I can't remember what they fly at Dover air base. It was like C fives or C one forty ones or something like that. Uh, enlisted guys who become crew chiefs. That's like a huge, um, indicator of, of, brain power because <laughs> you have to have your shit together especially as a young guy that's that's enlisting i don't know how old he was he had to be young i'm guessing 1920 uh to be given basically the reins to keep an aircraft flying uh and and it's pretty amazing to think you got these teenagers that are keeping a multi-million dollar aircraft flying so right then and there we know that this guy's a, a smart dude right uh, he did well he became a flight engineer um he went to flight engineer school which if you guys don't know what a flight engineer is it's literally the it's like it's like the link to the aircraft the the human link to the aircraft so the pilot flies he knows what he's doing co-pilot i don't know what they do they're doing something uh the navigator same thing i don't i just get thrown around the aircraft and hurt my head uh loadmasters they have an important job but the flight engineer if something like the the wing catches fire the engine shuts down or just some lights start you know going off warning buzzers go off in the cockpit everyone looks at him and they're like what do we need to do, Eng? And he knows like all the processes, all the um, st- uh, checklists, everything right, right on the spot. He memorizes them. So they are pretty, pretty um, uh, intense and smart dudes. And they save more aircraft than than really the guy flying the plane. So he came back from uh, he deployed just like anyone else in C-130s all over the AOR, uh, the GWAT AOR. He returned from the deployment. Uh, one day and his toe was swollen. He was telling me this. It's, he thought he had an infection, like he stubbed it and got an infection. So he went to the doctor. They put him in antibiotic. It didn't work. They ended up doing a uh, biopsy and it was a rare, rare form of cancer. He was like 20, I, I can't remember, 24, let's say, 23, 24, uh, called, I don't even remember what it's called. It doesn't matter. It was a really bad cancer. And they said to him, we can take your leg or no, we can take your foot off or maybe even the toe and there's like a 90% chance going to come back. If we move further up and take uh, take your leg right below the knee, then it's like a 90% chance it won't come back. So he's like, all right, take my leg. Uh, most people, I think, after going through chemotherapy and losing a leg on active duty would call it a day and, and kind of find something else to do. Not him. Like within months of him losing his leg, he was on that bike ride with me. Uh, he made it a point not only to get back into active duty and deploy again, but to ace his PFT at 100%. And of course he did that. He then had a, a reoccurrence of it. Um, he eventually got out of the, the Air Force and it showed up again, but this time in his lungs, right? So uh, he would call me all the time. So he's got it in his lungs now. They take out part of his lungs 
And you know what he does? He runs the Boston Marathon. So he lost a leg, he lost part of his lungs, and he's still doing crazy stuff like that. And it was during, it was right when the um, the Boston bombers happened. Damn. Uh, I, he, yeah, he told me it was a couple blocks away when he heard the, uh, the blast go off. He's a beast. So, say that again? He's a beast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, it just went downhill from there, though. It ended up uh, spreading, and and it was rough because, you know, he's a young, uh, fit dude, just uh, a total shit talker. Uh, if his mom's watching, I'm sorry. A shit talker is actually uh, highly regarded in the military. It means that you can hold your own and make fun of each other, and this dude was... He had his doctorate. He had his PhD in shit talking. <laughs> I mean, he was so good. I was telling Jeremy before this started, I would start to squirm in my seat. I was like, oh my God. But uh, yeah, awesome dude. Uh, unfortunately, the, the cancer spread. Uh, he had to go on more chemo and then he passed away five years ago. So uh, the best story, I mean, we always bring up, you know, why did we use a certain person as the warrior of the week? And with Brian, I mean, it always comes back to this perseverance uh he didn't blame he never he said he never had or his mom told me he never um uh i don't want to say regretted but uh he was never angry that this happened to him he just kind of accepted that this these are the uh this is the hand he was dealt and he moved forward and not only moved forward he excelled so again if you ever find yourself in a spot you can feel bad for yourself um i guess it's a it's one way of dealing with things but it's not going to come out good Especially right. if in the end, I mean, uh, you have to you have to keep your eyes on what life is and why we're here and who's around us and never give in. And he was that. And he exemplified that. So here's to Brian Petrus. We have a saying uh, in the, the Air Force. It's fly until the last piece stops moving uh, I love that because the last piece stops moving obviously when you auger in um, but that's exactly what Brian did so let's move on Jeremy do you want to cry today this is going to be did. the cry episode <laughs> it's going to be did. like the emotional cry episode <laughs> I mean uh, it's how you you go from fighting a battle that you you are confident you're going to win you beat it only for it to come back and give you the bird, but you know you went down swinging. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. You didn't. That's the guy. It's the guy that didn't get didn't give up. That's yeah. that's what I want to be when I go out. One of the cool things about Brian was he he was a, a what do you call it a bike mechanic. So you know we're talking top of the line. I don't want to say eighteen speeds, whatever. Like race bikes, you actually have to be really really good at that job you have to know what you're doing it's like tuning an instrument it's like tuning a, a piano and right. uh, he was awesome at that we used to hang out after the um the bike ride and at night so we're all just tired because you know we would we would ride 100 120 miles a day and we would be sitting there having some beers and just fixing bikes and uh just a cool dude i miss him he's actually i have two veterans in my office that hang in a picture behind me uh at work and he's one of them uh just a good guy and you know one of those things so, do you right. know what? Let's not bring up the next video because we need to... <laughs> no more crying. No more crying. <laughs> we need to make this a happy episode. So, right. speaking of happy things, let's bring on our friend Keith, who just finished 3,457 miles of rucking. Did I get that number right? Where is it? There he is. <laughs> not, not, uh, not, are you not home yet? Not, not quite. No, no, sir. No, sir. No, where are you right now? 
Uh, so we're in uh, Springfield, Virginia. We're just outside of uh, just outside of VA uh, or okay. uh, ANC, uh, ANC rather, uh, Springfield, Virginia, just outside of uh, ANC. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. Man. So, man, tell me about your your ruck. When we talked to you, you were a couple days in. Um, what was the hardest part? Um. Wow. Yeah. Good question. Uh, honestly, probably, um, probably the last couple of days, you know, the last couple of days you're, I think we were, we were about 71, 80 miles out. Um, you know, you've already got the bulk of it behind you. And, uh, you know, at that point, I mean, I'll be honest, I'll give you the warrior answer and I, you know, people ask, you know, how are you holding up? And, uh, you know, the warrior's answer is, uh, we're good to go. But, um, Honestly, at that point, uh, I was a little wrecked and, uh, you know, so then you're, you, you know, it's obviously the physical is what it is. So now you're really just kind of struggling with the emotional and mental aspect of it. So when you say emotional and, uh, well, obviously, you know, the physical aspect, uh, are you speaking of the fact that you're going through all this and, and what, what you didn't tell us, well, I guess I didn't ask the last one is that you had someone specifically in mind when you were doing this, this hike, um, was it, was it that, you know, doing it for him or. Yeah, no, you know, I mean, listen, this, this, uh, we were rucking for 365 fallen service members um, okay. the team's been rucking since january one uh they've been rucking every single day for a fallen service member from the war on terror a different service member every day um and so you know we we, we were rucking for 365 and when you're rucking for for the for not only to honor their memory but to remember their sacrifice you know we're rucking for them for their families um yeah i mean it's you know you get you get that far in and you're looking at the last you know, 80 miles and, and you're just, you're just wrecked and you're thinking, you know, all you can focus on is the next step is really just picking your foot up and putting it down and, and leaning forward. And, and, uh, you know, you got the, the weight of the ruck on your back and, and, uh, um, you know, so you, you talk, when I talk about mental and emotional, you kind of get to that point where you're like, no matter what we have to finish the ruck. And so you start thinking about, you know, the service members that you're rucking in honor of, their families, um, you know, if something, if I blow out a knee, if I blow out an Achilles, if something, you know, catastrophic injury, you know, uh, what are the consequences of, of not finishing, you know, when you're, you're, uh, and so I think it was just a culmination of everything. It was, I mean, you're two weeks on the road, you were talking 365 miles. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, a, a little bit of it is, uh, it's just the personal too. I mean, for me, you know, we stepped off from second LAR. Um, that's where R2R started. I mean, R2R really, um, you know, I can take it all the way back to, to April 2nd, 2005. And, and you know, uh, I took some young warriors downrange and uh, made a bad tactical decision, and it changed a lot of lives. And, uh, you know, so I've lived with that for 15 years, and I've, I've carried that warrior's dog tags uh, and a piece of shrapnel from that day uh, around my neck for 15 years. And, uh so it just it was appropriate to step off from there. Uh, we were able to ruck for him on April second uh, of uh, of twenty. Um, you know, and then and then to conclude, uh, you know, our last step, ANC, um, you know, there at his at his grave site at uh, at Arlington National, right right in front of his headstone, and and so um, yeah, it was just kind of a culmination of everything. 
Uh, I shared your video on the Irreverent Warriors page and it got thousands of views. Um, People really connected with it. What is the importance, and I bring this up a lot, um, but I want to hear from you, the importance of talking about the things that are uncomfortable, talking about the stuff that we carry in our hearts um, that really can eat you until you let it out into the world. That's a very difficult thing to do. Um, Was it a challenge for you to, to actually open up like that in front of, you know, all these strangers? Yeah. You know, I mean, like I said, I've been carrying this for 15, 15 years. I mean, my family's been carrying it. Um, you know, I've sort of just been punishing myself and, and I felt like I owed a life debt and, uh, you know, there's really no way to repay that. And, and so, um, you know, it, it does, I mean, it chips away at you a little bit every day. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was to share that the way that we did was, was, um, it was really twofold. Uh, it was difficult, but at the same time, um, you know, it, it's, it, it, and then maybe this won't make a sense, make sense to a lot of people, but it, it kind of, it kind of goes back to, you know, that, that military mentality. I mean, we, we, we don't, you know, when we go down range, we don't go get on, go down range by ourselves. You know, we, we carry the load. We, we, uh, we lean on each other. Um, you know, and so it was a little bit of that too. It was a little bit of, you know, trying to um trying to 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 bring everybody in and and make the ruck personal for for everyone and uh and and we wanted them to have a real sense of 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 feeling like they were acting you know they were here they were on the ground with us they're very much in our hearts and our minds um you know you guys if you if you see the videos and stuff we posted i you know constantly saying you know plus three thousand strong front back left and right and we very much believe in that you know and so um, you know, this ruck, uh, you know, we had, we had the entire R2R team with us. We had the families of the fallen, uh, and, 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 you know, and, and their memory to, uh, you know, to sort of drive us forward and, and give us the motivation and encouragement we needed. But, um, yeah, to be able to share that, to make it real for people, uh, and for them to have a true understanding of what R2R is all about, you know, we just really felt like it was important to share that. And, uh, um, you know, it, for me, it's, uh, you know, post, uh, post ruck, um, laying down the dog tags yesterday on his headstone, um, being able to, uh, you saw, I'm sure if you've seen the video, you, you saw everyone that was, that was there in attendance. Uh, and then the thousands that have seen the video, I mean, it's just kind of a way to, to, uh, to share a little bit of that and, um, you know, help, help carry that load. Awesome. So, Hey, what's next for rocking to remember? When's your next uh, event? Yeah, no, it's funny. You, you, should, you know, you, we, we've been talking about that. Um, listen, this is not our last 365. You know, you don't go rock 365 one year for, for 365 following when you got, you know, plus 7,000. So, you know, we're looking at another 67 and some change. Um, and so, uh, this is not our last 365. We're going to rock again. Uh, I'm going to go home, lick some wounds. And, uh, uh, you know, I got, I got, uh, I I need to heal up a little bit and, uh, before I pick the ruck back up, but we'll pick it back up and we're going to get back on the road and we're probably looking at something we did East this year. We're probably looking at something West coast, uh, next year. Um, and, uh, you know, we just not real sure what that's going to look like exactly, but, um, you know, we'll start planning for that pretty quick. And, uh, I would say probably in the next 
I'd say by years in or the first of the year, by the first of the year, we'll have, we'll have something out, uh, what we're going to do next year. Um, but, but aside from that, I mean, we're looking at white sands in uh, I think March, if that goes this year, uh, I know last year, the baton, they, uh, I think they pulled that event. Uh, we're looking at maybe sending a team out there and then we've got, uh, scholarship presentations, um, in, uh, in Missouri, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Delaware. So that, that, that'll kick off in May. Uh, we're in Tennessee, um, for a, a Memorial 5k, uh, some point, I think that's probably going to be around May as well. Um, so we, we got a lot of stuff going on after the first year, but we'll definitely be back, uh, with another 365. Awesome. Hey, we have a lot of Thanks. obviously ruckers, hikers, whatever in the Reverend Warriors group. If people yep. want to get involved, uh, give your a, a plug to how they can get in involved, maybe donate or, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, rucking to remember.org, um, you know, Instagram at rucking to remember and Facebook rucking to remember. I mean, you just reach out, you know, PM, DM, get on the, on the website. Uh, there's sections there, you know, where you could donate, uh, you know, uh, listen, not everybody can donate and that's fine. Uh, when you do, it goes to, uh, you know, it goes, it goes directly to our scholarship fund, but, uh, you know, just take a step, take a step. You don't have to rock, walk, run, you know, say a service member's name, just carry their memory and honor them appropriately. Remember their sacrifice, talk about them, raise awareness. I mean, the exposures, all those things, you know, because at the end of the day, we want them to be today's headlines and not yesterday's news. Yeah. Right. Well, hell of accomplishment, man. Um, we will definitely stay in touch because I want to obviously hear more about this. And we want to get you on a silky site because that's uh, a little oh, yeah. more laid back, a little more laid back, less intense. We uh, yeah, let's do it. I mean, we're already talking about a, a Freedom Ruck. I think that's a 105 um, that they do into uh, to uh, D.C., um, you know, and so we're looking at that. We definitely want to get on a silkies, uh, you know, with you guys. I mean, listen, hey, at the end of the day, you guys were out there on the ruck with us. And I, I and I, I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. Embody that, you know, because you're part of the R2R team. And, and so, uh, you know, without the support, dedication and commitment from every member of, of the R2R team, you know, just we, what we do is impossible. So, you know, it truly, uh, you know, you, you make the mission possible, uh, each and every one of you. And uh, never forgotten. No excuses. Amen. Awesome, That's what it's all dude. about. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, brother. We will Appreciate uh, you, man. We'll talk again. Yeah, for sure. All right, Appreciate you guys. Care. Thank you for having us. No problem. Glad you made it, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a hell of a I, hike, I mean, man. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> dude, I, I was thinking, like, I've done some pretty intense, like, uh, activities, you know, mm. even the 12-mile... The wherever it is here, my little, my little 12 mile go ruck -ruck thing. (laughs) Um, but man, 365, like, I honestly think, I think that might be something I couldn't do. Like, and I know there's that whole, well, you don't ever say no. Okay. Yeah, I get that. But, but I literally, I I don't know if I could do that. When you, when you literally know that your limit is probably 13, more than 12. Yeah, when like, I hit, mm-hmm. when I hit 12, but we were going three and a half, four miles an hour. I don't know how fast, well, str- but you were also going straight. You didn't have any stops really either. Yeah, well, yeah, nah, we didn't. I think we stopped for five minutes maybe, uh, each time. Cause we had four or five, um, waypoints that we had to hit, but yeah, like, so I did that and then I came home and I was spent for the day. And then I, I couldn't imagine doing, I think he said he did like 30 miles one day or every day. I think it was doing 30 miles and then taking days off. Dude, like what, what, 
Like, wh- where does that come from? I mean, I get it. Like, you know, if you're doing it for a reason and for a purpose and he had those dog tags and everything. Um, and I think that's that's really the point, you know, is that... The drive. The drive, yeah. That's pretty it, incredible. It's a lot of testicular fortitude right there. I'm, it, that's, a, that's a lot I'd, I'd hope to be, but I know I could never get there, so... When, when we went over... Uh, must be something with the C-130, because when we went over... I want to say it was the Rockies on our bikes. We had to, we had a particularly bad day. Like it's like all uphill 14,000 feet or something like that. And Both so ways. I dedicated, what's that? Yeah. yeah. So I, I dedicated uh, the ride to another C-130. He was a pilot guy that died of brain cancer, uh, Todd Brunkhorst. And I knew that if I was like, I'm going to make this ride for him, that I wouldn't stop. Right. Cause right. it was raining, it was cold. And there was always that ability to be like, Oh, there are the buses right there. I'm just going to, for the last five miles, maybe. And no, I wasn't going to do it. So I guess, I guess I get that. Right. Right. And I, I understand where it's going to be. It makes still, sense. Still mm-hmm. 30 mile rocks a day. Jeez Louise. That's, That's a good crazy. way to truck on, man. I mean, God for God, I feel bad for his feet. <laughs> I know. I know. I, Every now and then, like my toenails will turn blue when I start doing a lot of rucking. <laughs> Ooh. I'll just, you never had that where you have like bruising and chunks of toenail fall off. Yeah. Is that just me? Yeah. That's was- uh, I, I got used to taking care of my feet in the core. So that was like, that's always key. You, you took care of your feet. I didn't care okay. about my shoulders. Didn't care about my back. It's the feet. That's what keeps you going. What's your, what's your, so they just basically told you to you know, dry socks, right? Change your socks out. Keep dry, dry socks. Change, yeah. Basically. Turn them inside out, whatever. Make sure your boots are tied properly. Make sure they're laced properly. Make sure they're the right size. It's all that matters. When you just get and start, just put on a willy nilly pair of shoes or something or a pair of boots and go hiking and you wonder why you have blisters. It's because you didn't prepare. Cause you didn't take care of it. Hey, did you ever see, obviously everyone saw it. We were soldiers. Yes. And I saw that before I was, I went to officer candidate school. So, uh, I remember this one scene and this was before I knew I was going to be a flyer. I thought I was actually going to be in charge of people. And the one scene that, that stuck out was, uh, they're looking at all the different lieutenants and how they're acting. And one guy's screaming yep. at his man, the other, and one guy is taking off their boots, looking at their feet, helping them out like that. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's a pretty good leader right there. Someone that, yeah. cause, cause I would assume you can make or break an operation if someone gets trench foot or if someone just can't oh, yeah. move, I mean, what are you going to do? Oh yeah, it was that young lieutenant. He was taking off a bunch of the black uh, African American, the black American soldiers that were. He, he pulled the sock off, and his skin was coming mm-hmm. off with it. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's real. That once you get going, especially if you're out in the out in the, in the marsh and shit. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. Take care of your feet. Um, some news I want to go over. I like to talk about what's new in the DOD and the AR, AR, AOR, and the VA A-O-R. and the IWs. So Alwyn Cash's Medal of Honor has made it to the president. So last time we talked about him, I think he was a warrior week at one point. Last yep. time we talked about him, the the um, the House had sent it to the Senate and the Senate has sent it up to the president. And the SECDEF says that he intends to or that the president intends to upgrade his Silver Star to the Medal of Honor. There's no reason why Hell he yeah. shouldn't. Some media outlets, I'm going to I'm going to do my best not to get pissed. <laughs> I'm going to do my best right now. But this you're going to. Some media outlets are saying the delay is because of racism. And keep in mind, his sister was like, no, it has nothing to do with race. What are you talking about? It, it had something to do with, I don't know. I mean, it's bureaucracy, but that's the go-to get your goddamn identity politics out of the stories of warriors out of the medal yep. of honor. I mean, shame on you. It's I, when I read that today, 
I was walking around pissed for like hours. I'm like, why the most likely the people that are bringing that shit up never served. They have no idea. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. How many times, like when you're serving and when you're, well, take C-130, do you think I give a shit what color your skin is? Do you you think I give a shit if you're a female or a male? I don't care. Can you fly the freaking airplane? That's all that matters to me. Are you a good soldier? You good airman? Are you a good Marine? That's all that matters to me. But no, uh, they had to bring that into it. And I think it's, I think it taints it. And the media really should be ashamed of itself. It uh, is because you have to take a story and put the color of someone's skin in front of it. It's automatically, it's, it has nothing to do with the person. It has to do with the person projecting that story. And I can't stand that shit. It's no different than I gave you a dollar. If you have to say, Oh my God, white man gave a dollar. So it's white supremacy. No, it's, it's, I gave you a dollar because I did it out of the goodness of my heart. They're going to, they should do this because it's right. Plain and simple. It's, it's right. And then I just read that they, they uh, changed the uh, award write up. I didn't realize while this was happening, they were also under fire. They're under heavy machine gun fire. As this dude is on fire, pulling his brothers out of a burning Amtrak or whatever. Holy it was. shit. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Uh, I don't know. Dude's a warrior. Dudes That's deserves badass. Medal of Honor. Mm-hmm. And shame on the media for doing that. Um, how do you like oh. these lockdowns, Jeremy? Uh, I'm loving it. I just don't have COVID. But uh, seeing as that we just rolled back a little further, we're now back to 2.5. Yeah. I think it's, I, I, I it's going to get worse um, as far as the lockdowns go, unless maybe they can get something out like a, a, a what's it called? Vaccine. What's it called? They only work in medicine. Well, they said it was ninety. It's ninety percent effective to the COVID against COVID. So, well, that's good. Um, a senior army official states that the shit that we're going through right now, and that's distancing, mask wearing, all this stuff that we're doing, is here permanently. Probably. Uh, Bruce Jett, I guess his name is. He's the assistant secretary of the army. Said that measures implemented across the country will remain in place and across the defense industry to protect against the shutdown of production facilities. He also suggested that restrictions should remain in place for the general public. I don't know that I would ever say totally back to normal, Jet said, because right now everyone wants to get back to normal, and he doesn't believe that that's going to happen. He says, I don't see us backing off these uh, techniques or on a contouring basis, even as the vaccine continues to mature. So... Oh, man, they're talking about permanent changes and that sucks. <laughs> That's scary. That that literally comes down to your your people's inalienable rights you're taking now yeah. off the basis of a for one, something that was generated by another country, two that's been politicized just to keep it on the the low end of not being political. Mm-hmm. And now you want to continue to to fuck with people's lives? Mm-mm. It's not going to sit well. It's going to be. And how about the, just the mental health aspect of it? We're, we're pack animals. I don't know if that's true, but people, people need, there's a, a chemical called oxytocin. Uh, women who are breastfeeding, even, uh, even if you pet your dog, that happens. It's like the bonding hormone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's there for a reason. It's human touch. Having your arm around a buddy is good for you. Hugging your wife and kids is good for you. My bot, well, I won't get into that, but I'm not supposed to hug my wife and kids. I'm not supposed to play with my kids. And I, I, I get it. I don't want to give them COVID because then they'll be locked up for, for two weeks and all that stuff. But it sucks. And that's two weeks and they're talking about forever. I mean, I, I just don't think, I, I, I think humans, I think people, what's that? I miss my buddy. 
What are you putting? Kevin, you. I'm oh, there you to, go. Oh, okay. Oh, sit next to you. So I'm <laughs> well, here's, over. here's the problem. I don't. I have my notes up and not not the monitor, so oh, I don't okay. see what's going on. Well, they see it, so they get it. Yeah, makes it a little little tricky. Um, let's bring on our next guest because we got some other things to talk about, but we'll just go down a, a dark hole. And we don't want to do that. Uh, our next guest is Patrick Benson. Let me pull up his right up here before I. Where is he? Uh, he's an Army veteran, horse trainer, and co-founder and director or co-director of um, War Horses for Veterans, an equine program providing personal and professional opportunities to combat veterans and first responders. Welcome. Oh, he hasn't up yet. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Welcome. How's it going, guys? Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, really cool. Uh, I don't want to call it a business. I guess a nonprofit that you're running there. Uh, there's so much to talk about. I think the the where I like to start is let's, let's start off. Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up here in Kansas City, uh, near Parkville, Missouri. I, uh, you know, typical boy. You know, played sports, rugby, wrestling. Grew up on bikes, motocross, all that fun stuff, and uh, did around horses a little bit. Not so much, you know, until you know in the service, and especially when. I got moved over to uh, Fort Carson because I was in the infantry. And so after Germany, I got stationed over at Carson. And then I uh, used to take the guys. We used to go work out on ranches and the horse ranches and get involved with the community. And it was just a good outlet. But I've always enjoyed it. Yeah. But that's where I grew up, here in Kansas City. Uh, when did you join the military? In what year? <clears throat> 1998. Oh, you're an old guy Ooh. like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get there at 98 and then, uh, you know, got to Germany. And then 99 was in the Coastal Campaigns. Nice. Nice. Kosovo is one of those ones that, that everyone forgets about. Uh, I remember in college, it, it popped up on the radar and we were like, holy shit, we're at war. I don't know. We're like, we're at war in Europe. Where'd that come from? Uh, what were your experiences like over there? It was, uh, actually it was pretty crazy. I, I just got to Germany in December of then. And then, you know, in 99, we were watching literally we're, we're like just typical grunts drinking, at night in the barracks and watching all the bombs drop and everything we're like oh this is awesome and then we got called out formation in the middle of the night and said hey you know in you know 48 hours you know in the next you know four or five days we're gonna be on the ground we're like i'm like i don't even know what my job is like i've never never been to the field i just got this unit i'm green and private and i just got you got baptized pretty quick but it was a unique it was a unique experience because it was a different i mean milosevic was doing some bad stuff and then it, it was weird. There's some different elements to it. On my birthday, uh, one one of my best birthdays, uh, I'll tell you another story on that. And I've had two really good uh, birthdays during a um, operations. And that night, there was four B-52s that did an airstrike right in front of me in the mountains. And yeah, baby, it was sweet. It was a middle. It was up at night. It was like almost eleven o'clock. And like all of a sudden they disappeared, and then the whole horizon right in front of me, the ground's rumbling everywhere. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I never realized how fast those suckers could move after they dropped their payload. Sure, sure. Um, the other weird thing about, about Kosovo is, you know, when we think about it, we don't think how kinetic it was. You know, a lot of the, when I was in, the guys who were veterans of Kosovo always had their stories, right? The sniper, there was a sniper that, or I don't know, maybe it was a triple A AAA piece, but the loadmaster in the back of the C-130 had his comm cord cut by a bullet that just missed him that close. And I was like, Kosovo, really? But yeah, you forget that there were a lot of people over there that didn't want Americans, they didn't want NATO, they didn't want anything, and they were ready to die for that. Right, that was the first time I ever getting. We shot at, actually, we, we took fire coming in on one of the cargo planes, 
and they're coming in, you know, obviously into a threat, into a hot zone. So then they had us all strapped down. Next thing you know, the whole thing blacks out. And then we just, all we hear is flares going off left and right. <laughs> and we start banking. All of a sudden we drop out of the sky. And next thing you know, we're on the ground. All of us are just looking at each other like, what just happened? Like my guts in my, in my brain right just now. A, just a big wake up call. Like, oh, this yeah, is the real thing. <laughs> it's not like they tell you. So yeah, there's, there was a few incidents there. And then, you know, there's some airy stuff too, because there was towns that um, got wiped out and they would, they're like, they're, you know, their cups and stuff like that and food still sitting there on the table. And as if someone just kind of vanished and they just were gone. It was, it was, it was kind of weird. It was a, yeah. it was a different, different deal. And <clears throat> a lot of uh, co-work, you know, cause SAS was doing a bunch of stuff in the mountains. And I actually ran into a guy, he came through our program. He was a Raider, um, you know, with Marsoc and he, mm -hmm. he was like, him and I were talking. I was like, he, where were you? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, I know exactly where your, your AO was. And it was up on the hill. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was part of the recon teams. Nice. What was your motivation uh, for joining? And, and you'd mentioned, obviously, getting into sports. I think that plays a huge role. Um, but yeah, I, mean, <clears throat> I, I don't want to put the answer in your mouth there. But what was your motivations for joining up? Uh, really, actually, uh, I come from kind of like my father was in the service, but he was a doctor, he was a physician uh, back in the end of uh, Vietnam. My brother is an MI and my, you know, my cousin, <clears throat> he was infantry. We, we were a bunch of us in the military and we had some other family members that were Marines. Actually, one of them, you know, with Quezon and all that. So kind of heritage in a way, but actually it ended up being to where uh, probably going to college was not a good idea. Uh, you could just say I was very creative, I was very active, and um, I was fairly wild. So it was probably, it, it behooved me. And I, I remember telling my dad, I said, you know, I don't think it's a good idea. I think I'll just waste waste a bunch of money if I go to college right now, and I think I want to go do something different. And everyone tried to talk me out of going to the infantry. I'm like, nope, that's where I want to go. Yeah, because people don't remember, and and I guess I'm part of that that uh, generation because I joined right before September 11th. Motivations were a lot different prior to 9/11 than after 9/11. Yep. So there's that. I love bringing that up about uh, your motivation because most people after 9/11 are like, oh, I wanted revenge. You know, I wanted to defend well, my country. Not that we didn't, but it, <clears throat> it was still like for me, I was just bored and I didn't want to be stuck in an office job for the rest of my life. And I was like, I can't do this. So I joined up because I thought, hey, let's go see the world. Little well, did I know that I would just be seeing one part of the world over and over and over again. But I guess, what do they say? Best laid plans. Well, that's the thing is you had a generation though that, you know, we go in and like, I'll be honest, like, you know, we're, we're you're training to fight. You you look for like, you train to go to war. And that's what she has, especially as a uh, combat arms, you're like, no, that's what I want to do. Uh, it, I know it sounds a little silly. I mean, no one should want to go and that's what they want to do all the time, but it's like you're training for that. So to go out and test it and knowing the threats for that is real. But back then, absolutely, there was a different motivation. And, you know, you had a lot of people too going in there because they get to travel, travel the world, um, college gets paid for, all that fun stuff. And the next thing you know, they're like, oh, you mean I actually, I'm going to get deployed? Like there's a like a real threat? Like, oh yeah, you can, yeah, chance you can get killed. You know, and and the reality that I sunk in was a little different. The motivation was different. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, you found other reasons to like, you know, to go to the schools and go to the and challenge yourself in different ways because you, you you motivate yourself and you're all you're doing is training to get ready. Uh, the first, you know, we watched the first movie I were watching was in basic training. It was Saving Private Ryan. It just came out. And the first thing I remember watching the first scene, I was like, 
oh my gosh, this is intense. And then we got a briefing. It was interesting. We got a briefing because stuff was getting brewed up and the Balkans and all that stuff. And I remember some drill sergeants saying, you know, and some commanders like, you know, some of you are probably going to go to operate some type of operation or combat operation. And, you know, there was a group of us that did. So it was just, it, that was a little bit at that time. And then obviously moving forward to 9-11 and, you know, and then we have going to Afghanistan and Iraq. Damn. Oh, man. Kevin's uh, lab. Looks like Kevin's laptop has uh, frozen. <clears throat> he froze up. There he is. All right. Well, let's see if I can go ahead and bring this back up while Kevin is going from there. Nah, you're good. <clears throat> so what do you think was your uh, biggest takeaway from your service? Um. Always, you know, always complete the mission, you know, take care of, you know, take care of your brothers, take care of your men. Um, but the big thing is, is, you know, any challenges that are thrown at you, uh, things of that nature, you know, you, you learn to adapt and you overcome and you, you complete it. You figure out a way to make it happen. Even the most stressful times. Um, the, I think too is, you know, uh, making sure to remind yourself is uh, surround yourself with good people. And, uh, and, you know, and train hard. There's a, you know, like most of us, when you transition, you're alone. Uh, you go from the structure in, the, in that environment, and then you're going to a pretty chaotic and in a way schedule, you know, and society doesn't really, you know, put things in place for you. You have to create it. And so oh, making yeah. sure you're, um, I mean, we can get into that a little later about what things, but I think the takeaway is like, um, you know, there's a lot of good attributes and things you learn from the military that I think you can always apply for the rest of your life. But the remember, you know, I always, there's a thing I say a lot and I think in my head, and sometimes I forget to remind myself this, but when things get bad or they get hard, you take a deep breath, sit back, relax and go, you know, no one's trying to kill me. No one's trying to kill my guys. How bad is this? And you've been through worse. So really how bad is this? And then it kind of puts things in perspective and then you kind of ground you a little bit more uh, for me. Good man. Well, I mean, it, 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 a lot of people who join that, as, as I've noticed, and Kevin and I have talked about it before, is that some people who go in and they don't really take something out of it. But that's good that you saw that. And, and I'm guessing that's where it kind of brought to where you are now. And like, when and why did you start Horses for Veterans? <clears throat> I, I actually, uh, you know, going into you know, the service in 03, you know, I was in I was attached to uh, 23 ACR. I was attached to the cab. And so we're infantry, little infantry group, you know, and, and with a bunch of cab guys. Um, I remember kind of bitching about it a little bit, but then I realized how many how much power and resources. <laughs> hey, there you are. Man, that uh, sucked. It's the second time in a row. I'm like in the middle of asking something and everyone froze. I'm like, ugh. He's going, uh, he's, he's going into it now. So yeah, but you okay, know, cool. going into the, you know, where we're where we're at and like how war horses came about sure. is based off my own journey, you know, and I I remember, you know, us getting the, the call to go to Iraq and we we're in the part of the invasion. And mm -hmm. so in 03, we're in there and uh, spent most of the time in Fallujah and Ramadi and Havania. There, so it was pretty hot areas. And so we stayed pretty busy. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, you, you, you lose some brothers, you know, and, and, you know, some of the stuff that you go through. But some of the best times, to be honest with you, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty, there were some pretty sweet moments. But, um, I wrote a letter to a gentleman that was a world-renowned horseman after an engagement in Fallujah, and you know it took time back then to get any you know anything anywhere. 
I mean, their resources. I mean, we didn't, we had a water shortage in the beginning. I mean, we were rationing our water in the beginning of the war, and so uh, he he wrote a letter back to my mom. My mom sent it back to me. I got it, and I he said, I'll, "I got a spot for you when you come back. Keep your head down, and I'll see you." Well, I didn't realize he lost his brother. His brother was a Force Recon guy in Vietnam, and uh, his brother was killed in Vietnam. So he has a, uh, his name is John Lyons. He has a pretty soft spot for veterans, and so um, just lucked it out. <clears throat> I wanted to help. I love teaching. I wanted that challenge of it, you know. And after you know your transition from the service, man, and basically you know, your engagements. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, your transition to be a civilian. And that was a pretty abrupt, but it was pretty much my transition. And I shoved everything deep down inside and I, and I didn't, I didn't even reach out to my brothers anymore. I, it was, it was tough. It was really hard. Had a lot of anger towards it. Like a lot of us do. Uh, but then I just put my head down and I started a business immediately started an LLC. I had no idea what I was doing, but, um, started PB equestrian. And I went, I mean, all the way up to my eyeballs in, in the horse industry and, trained really hard and I, I started a company and, and and then over time it's a hard hard life but i uh, did well with it and met some amazing people and you know one of the stories uh, i always tell is i was teaching a clinic one time in the east coast and i got into a lot of different levels of writing and, and really challenged myself anytime i felt that i uh, was uncomfortable I, I or, or i had a fear i made sure i did it if i didn't like it or i feared it i probably should i should probably do it and <clears throat> that's a good motto I try to stick with even today. And I met this gentleman and he came up to me after a problem horse clinic. And I, I liked having the horses, you know, challenge me because uh, I can get the adrenaline rush um, that I missed from from combat and just the intensity. And but at the same time, I had to connect and, and I can get more in depth with that. But he I remember coming up to him because you do a really good job fixing those horses. But, you don't realize we're fixing you. And I kind of look at him weird. And he go, I go, you know, he said, uh, you're a vet. And I said, so are you. And, <clears throat> you know, you just, it's an uncommon, you know, there's just a common understanding of each other. And he, sure. he was an A-team guy from Vietnam and we just started talking and, and he, I remember going, so how do you feel? And I said, I feel like an elephant stepped off me. And that was the first time I really discussed anything. And, and then I go, uh, started chatting with him a little more and he said, yeah, horses saved my life. And then I met Woody Williams. He's a Medal of Honor recipient, Marine Corps, uh, Pacific, World War II. Wonderful man. Met him in Virginia at this big dinner senator type deal out there. And he had a 30 horse horse barn and he's like, horses were everything. Horses really kept me grounded and saved my life, you know, saved my life. You know, and our and George Washington speaks highly. And he was a he was an avid horseman, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs. I mean, a lot of leaders. Uh, were avid horsemen and and women, and so I was kind of putting two and two together. There, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of wonderful things they can offer you. They can ground you. They don't humble the living crap out of you. Yeah, At yeah. the same time, you you learn to feel. Uh, there's a there's a connection. It's kind of hard to explain. <clears throat> so when I I started piecing this together and. Um, the ideas, and later on, I started having the effects of PTS and all that, and I didn't know what it was, and a buddy of mine came up, and we talked, and he reminded me of stuff that I forgot, and there was a reason I forgot him, but we started talking, he said, guys are really having a hard time transitioning, and and things like that, and I had another buddy that wore, had him help me work a horse one time, real nice, really nice show horse, and he said, man, that's clear as my head's been since before the war, and I was like, hmm. You know, my wife kind of made some things and I met some amazing people in the industry and, you know, you need mentors. 
you got to have mentors in life and business and and things of that nature. And we need those. We need mentors. When we get out, we need them. I don't give a crap what your rank is. Uh, it doesn't matter it, it, at all. You're leaving one world to the other, so it's a scary leap. And so to making sure you have that transition as smooth as possible is important and narrowing those gaps and communication gaps. So, so the horses, I, I designed war horses to provide personal and professional opportunities for combat veterans, not first responders. Well, what it means by that is I don't want you to be limited. And, and that's important because I will not do something and, and commit to something if it's if I'm limited within it. And what I mean by that is someone tells me I can't, I can do X, Y, and Z with this horse, but then that's it. We can't do anything else. I will not have anything to do with it. And the other thing is, is I don't want anybody psychoanalyzed. I, I you know, I would say uh, horses are the bridge and veterans are their own best therapy. And the importance of that is you're, you know, with anxiety and depression and the stuff that comes with PTS and things, uh, you're, you, it starts to crippling effect. And so, you already have that limitation there. Well, there's a sense of confidence you get when everything goes away. So the racing hypervigilance, uh, the racing thoughts, not wanting to be in your head. Well, the beauty of working a horse is I'm teaching you a trade first off. And then I had to figure out how do I get my knuckle dragon door kicking, bar fighting buddies to come do something like this. And so I don't use the word therapy. <clears throat> is it therapeutic? Yeah, it's crazy therapeutic. So is lifting weights. So is doing Ironman. So is doing anything else. But at the end of the day, though, you learn a lot about communication, leadership. You learn a lot about yourself. Um, the horses sense, I mean, they're flight animal. I mean, they're, 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 they can they see threats and feel threats and sense it. So before you even think they know it. And so knowing about we, we've had many people come in where they're holding so much tension and the horse is reacting a certain way. And one of the number one things to become a, an exceptional horseman is you got to know how to breathe. If you know how to breathe, then you know how to control your emotions. Then you know how to control your, your body. Then you know how to control your mind. And then what happens is, is when you're working a horse and you're learning the skill, everything else goes away and you focus on the one thing. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's so many damn things I can go into with it, but yeah. well, here's, here's a question I ask a lot of the, uh, irreverent warrior hike coordinators that come on, right? So we talk about going on Silky's hikes because of the therapeutic effect of them, <clears throat> the therapeutic effect of being around guys and girls that speak your language, um, the, of just getting out of the house, getting out of isolation. But I sometimes think that it's the leadership of irreverent warriors, the hike coordinators, the people who have all these different jobs that get a lot more out of it. Like we're the people, and I say we, cause you know, I, I guess in that little group, but that, that needed this in our lives. We needed that, that focus or something to give to how much of a role did war horse for veterans. So, you, you know, you're talking about what it does for other veterans. What did it do for you running the organization, creating <clears throat> this organization? Um, definitely, you know, cause, you know, it's a lot, <laughs> to be honest with you, is, you know, uh, start a nonprofit. You said in the beginning of the podcast, you know, you're not starting a business. Oh, actually a nonprofit. Oh, I was like, no, you started a business. All of the non is, is that you can, it's a tax deductible item. Um, if you don't run it like a company or a business, then that nonprofit won't be around. So uh, it's getting yourself in the mindset, having the hyper-focus, being able to have and provide an opportunity for um, veterans and now first responders, you know, with Jason and Kleepak and the guys coming on to help that transition, career opportunities, things like that, and the skills that we've learned from brothers that have come in through. 
it, it does provide a hyper focus and a task. I'm a very task oriented guy. I'm, I'm, I have a lot of red. When you think about personality traits and personality assessments, um, I need a target. You give me a target and then I figure it out. It makes sense to me. I will guarantee I'll hit it. And, <clears throat> but, you know, but surrounding yourself with, you know, learn, being able to, uh, humble yourself and learn and work with other people that are smarter than you and, and enrich your life. Uh, but working with the veterans, bring the veterans in. And, and the whole idea of war horses was we, it, this whole thing is built to share. It's built to give it's you're giving it. Um, so it's not mine. I always say, I always say this all the time and Jason will say it. And all the guys will say, it. you know, this is ours. This is ours. So being able to build something, and create something with like the co-founders, Andy and Patricia Brown, I'll tell you a little bit about them, you know, to be able to create something like that, because it, running a horse operation is not cheap. I mean, it's expensive and running a company is expensive, running a nonprofit is expensive, but being able, one of the main things I always wanted to do was I wanted to be able to provide, you know, job opportunities or different things like that for our brothers and sisters to impact our community. And that is a huge, huge honor if you're able to reach that point and create other avenues for them to have impact in our community. And so, yeah, it does create a very much a very hyper focus and fulfillment for us. But at the same time, you know, it's a big sacrifice. You know, your families take a lot. You do have secondary trauma. You have to understand, learn about self-care. You need to know about balance uh, because there's, there's a, it's not just running a widget and selling a, a great product and moving it. I mean, you are, you're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. And so sometimes, if you're not careful and how you, who you have around and how you place things, I mean, that weight gets pretty heavy. And so that's been a really, that's been an interesting lesson, you know, over the years. And so I've been very fortunate. The wonderful people we have involved, uh, our team is amazing. I, I can, you know, and the family keeps growing. We keep getting exposed to some amazing people. Awesome. That's awesome, man. How can, uh, uh, I just looked down, I realize we're almost at nine o'clock. How, how can people find out more about this? Cause I, I understand just by going on your website, um, Jeremy, can you pull up his, um, his sure at least put the, the website on the bottom of the screen there, uh, by going on there, it seems like an all inclusive program. Like you, I, yeah. I don't know if you apply. Well, I don't know. Tell us, tell us how the hikers who are watching the show. Right yeah. Now the idea is that it's, um, it's all covered. It's paid for, uh, you qualify. We have an interview kind of discussion. If it's a good fit, we make sure we're good fit for you. You're good fit for us. But at the same time, um, yeah, we pay for everything. We fly in, I mean, flights, everything. And we, we take care of it all. Uh, groups are about six. Uh, the vets have really done well and that's what they really like four to six. Uh, we have, now we have the culinary program after each day you cook and work with a chef. And so you learn a culinary skill, you make these amazing meals and you share them together as a family. And it's a good way to have an AAR and it ingrains what you experience and learn that day. You work. You will physically be tired by the end of the day. You will learn the shape, but you will learn so much about yourself. And I mean, I'm telling you, we have over half of drop in depression and anxiety and stress in just hours of working. I mean, you're you're we're putting you to work, but you're working exceptional horses. You're around wonderful people, and we'll be updating the website because we got new things coming. We have some amazing things, new classes, and. Uh, we've really stepped the bar up. 2021 is going to be probably one of the busiest years we had. This year was crazy with COVID, but we, you know what? Well, I mean, we stayed busy as hell, and we launched the first responder division. And Jason Kleepak and all the mentors and everyone involved here uh, has done just a, an exceptional, exceptional job. And with the Brown support and all our donors, we've been able to crush it. I mean, just crush it. Yeah, yeah. These alternative therapies um, are. are they're just taking over, you know, the, the classic take a pill, 
go to therapy or, you know, the one-on-one therapy is really falling to the wayside and things like I had a guy on last year, his name was Don Tobel and he has a business called OD greens and it's agrotherapy. So, and that's mm-hmm. just farming and growing. Well, I don't want to say just farming, but you know what I mean? Growing plants and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. when he was bringing that up, I'm like, you know what? I have a garden and coming home at the end of the day and just going out there and trimming the the leaves and you know picking what's ripe and all that stuff it's so soothing it really puts you into like a uh a meditative state and i think that's what a lot of these these uh, organizations a lot of these programs do think about that with the gardening and the farming stuff you're creating something you're starting you have a beginning and end you're creating life in a way and then you get to share it and you get to and it's something you get to see grow and come with life and that's a that's a really important thing so uh, it's not a never ending deal. And, you know, with the, the horses, I'm telling you, in, in the horse programs out there, there's, there's good and everyone's at different levels. But I'm telling you what, man, I, you're not limited in what you can do here. And that's the coolest thing, because there's so many things that dang horses can teach you. But we teach leadership, communication, decompression. Uh, we, we have a PDI program where, like, we know your personality assessment, basically. And when you come in, we know how to communicate. We know how to set up a curriculum based to your how you give information, how you receive information, and things of that nature. And you learn a lot about yourself from that standpoint. And it helps a lot, a lot with PTS. And it actually helps a lot with your family. So when you do follow-up, and you can come back, but at the end of the day, when you leave any program, it's really going to be up to you how you implement it. And how are you, are you willing to make the change? Do you want to make the change? Um, you can't make them. I can't make them and do it. But if they're willing to put the time and at the end of the day, don't be afraid to ask for help. I always say, you use the, you know, when you go hit a breach or you go and, and take on a target, you don't go by yourself. You go with a team, even though there's a threat, you still have a team. You feel more confident. You feel strong with that team. And don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, I, I know what I don't know, but I'm happy. To, I have no problem asking. And that's something that's important because it's ingrained in us, you know, in the military, especially combat arms, you know, asking for help in a way is a sign of weakness and or suck it up and drive on. Well, there is a place to do that. But the majority of the time, you know, sit back, be humble, ask for help, ask for it doesn't matter what it's for. Just be willing to ask and communicate. Communication is vital. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, man. We we need to get you on one of the more long uh, form one on one interviews. Uh, cause I didn't even reach like 10% of my questions, um, about the organization, but, uh, everyone check it out at whfv.org and thanks for coming on, man. Fantastic story. Yeah. Hey, I really appreciate it. And I love the opportunity and anytime, man, I'll be happy to do it. Absolutely. We're going to get you on yeah. a silky psych. I tell that to everyone that, uh, comes, <laughs> comes on the show. That's good. Uh, you might know it as Ranger panties, but same thing. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. My cousin, I, we, we were him. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, man. You guys take care. You too. Bye. I love these alternative therapies. I mean, I I did some equine therapy when I was up in New York when I first got out. And my uncle used to own a, a horse ranch when I was in California as a kid. And I used to love riding horses and I hadn't ridden since. And I got into this uh, adaptive sports program and then got, they're like, hey, go, before I got my service dog, go go pet horses, groom horses, go ride horses. I never thought how therapeutic it could be because they are so in tune with your feelings and how you, and how your body is like, they are, they, you could be feeling sad and they'll come up and they'll nudge your head. And they, they, they know when you feel when you're down. 
and yeah they're and then they're, they're like giant dogs they are they are <laughs> i grew up with horses and they're they yeah they uh they would even play like you can get them to kind of you know like you can get your dog to kind of goof around you can get do- uh horses to do that which is really cool they're intimidating and i think that's a lot you know uh, i think that would be one of the reasons why people wouldn't want to do it because when you're seeing a i don't know how much they weigh like 1200 pound animal a giant to get one, on yeah. and yeah, yeah that's that's an intimidating thing um plus when i was a kid my sister it was my sister's horses and she rode uh english which was like the most uncomfortable weird way to ever ride a horse it's like a like the seat com- or the seat what's it called saddle <laughs> kind of comes up like this and it pushes you for uh western is just laid back it's nice and chill more comfortable I was and, talking, um, is that is that also with like uh two feet hanging off of one side and you're just kind of yeah i used to do side saddle <laughs> They, no, I'm joking. Of course not. But they even had like they ass. even had those stupid hats that they were like. You've probably seen them. It's like anytime there's a horse show or whatever that's called dressage, they have these these helmets with a little bun on the top of it and the little. Oh yeah, that's what my sister did. So you're wrong. It. Just I wanted to be a cowboy. I'm not going to be a cowboy if I'm riding English. He said I wanted to be a man. <laughs> there's no cowboys riding around in English. Um, we're a little we're a little overtime, but. There's something I've been itching to bring this up for weeks because kids who were born in the 80s, late 70s, I don't know any of them, but uh, we have this connection to the military that all started with one man, two men, one man who survived. And his name was Maverick. Do you know what? I forgot what Maverick's actual name is. Do you remember? Is Tom? Tom no, Cruise. It's, it's Tom Cruise. No, no, no. But what was his real name in the in the show? Oh, I, I can tell you right remember. now. Hey, I'll tell you what. If you write down the name of whom? Oh no, then you can just Google it. See, that's dumb. I was gonna say if you can put it down in the comments, I'll send yep. you a T-shirt. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna not? say I'll it, still, but I'll send you a T-shirt. First person that write that writes uh, uh, what Maverick's name was, DM me, and I'll well, don't DM me with the answer, but anyways. So yeah, he is responsible for, I think, more people joining the military. Maybe him and and second to that, again, growing up in the 80s would be uh, Gunny Highway. And I don't, I think that those are the two biggest names. Pretty oh, much, and of man. course, Charlie Sheen and um, uh, Navy Seals. One? Navy Seals, yeah. Uh, Rambo, maybe, I guess, but no, Maverick. So there's been a lot of talk of a new Top Gun, and I feel like people are making fun of it. I feel like people it's not are a lot like, of talk. It's true. It's coming. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But I think like the, the general idea is, oh, geez, they're going to do this again until the other day when I saw this. How do we get it on main screen? I got you. I... Right there. You got me. You sold me. Oh, that was the end of one. We'll, we'll watch the other one here. Yes. After 34 years, Tom See, I can't figure out why anyone would not go into aviation. In the military, I can't figure out all your other MOSs. What were you thinking? It's a love letter to aviation, right? We're gonna Boner ensues. Really like to be a Top Gun. Oh, wait, that's you. I was trying to pull up, like, oh, we'll do this. Yeah, there we go. 
kind of experience unless you shoot Dude, it. Dude, he's live. such a stud too. He does all his his um uh, stunts. He did all this. They they look. They show you. They put all these cameras in the cockpit. He actually did all this shit. And that allows us to put six IMAX quality cameras inside the cockpit That's with the actors. Verify cameras are on. Check cameras on. There you go. It's amazing what we see in the cockpit and what an audience is going to experience. Yo. Yeah, I can't wait. Not gonna lie to you. Even though these are Navy aviators, naval aviators, they call them. Uh, everyone knows the Air Force are the true aviators. A distortion in the face. They're pulling. The Navy just, you know, they follow suit. That's cute. Sixteen like F-15 life planes, those F-18s. So proud of them and what they've done, and it is heavy duty. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, watch this. And blacked out. <laughs> Good night. Oh, vomit. Putting us up in these jets, it's very serious. That's why everybody thought it would be impossible. And I think when All right, Tom we can pull that, that down. Impossible oh, that dude. Done, that guy. What's his name? Miles? He's, uh, he's supposed to be Goose's son. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, he, was in, he was in a movie called... I don't remember what it's called. Trainwreck? Something like that? Wreck? destroy smash something about a drummer i figure you'd be into this since you're a, a musician you remember oh, what it was called man um oh my god he wasn't a band hold on i'll tell you right now oh, it was such a good movie uh it was wow. one of those ones i'm like what it's a movie about a guy who plays drums this is gonna suck and i ended up watching it and it was one of my favorite movies of all time F fantastic movie with uh jake jk mckinnon is that his name or pj I mckinnon or kk so so yeah. I'd have to, I'd have uh, to look it up, but yeah, yeah don't worry about it. We're just kind of going into the weeds there. Um, but yeah, dude, that movie, I don't care. I don't care if it's cheesy. I don't care about the homoerotic, uh, volleyball scenes, um, which I'm sure they're going to redo in this one. I don't care. It looks awesome. And it got me to want to fly. Well, I don't have it next to me. My, my flight helmet's over there. I got to experience kind of that whole thing. Uh, and yeah, so thank you, Maverick. And yes, I will be going, well, hopefully. What's that? Called the Musicians. No, no, that's that wasn't it. It was, um, what's the dude's name? Miles something, and he played yeah, a... Yeah, Miles Teller. Miles Teller. And, dude, do I have to look it up? JK, Two Nights in, no, not that. Footloose. No, no, no. Miles Keller? Teller, T, with a T, Teller. Oh, oh Whiplash. 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 That's what it was. My sister plays like every instrument in the face of the earth. And I watched that movie and I'm like, you have to see this. Uh, yeah, pretty incredible. We're going everywhere now, but I want to cover it. You know, I, we got a lot of videos that I wanted to go over uh, that we haven't had a chance to get to. Here's one. This is it. This goes in the news category. A uh, big controversy in the Marine Corps due to a bombshell secret video of recorders, recorders, recruiters using questionable tactics to get potential Marines to sign on the line. Just watch, watch this video, and I want you to remain open-minded and um, realize that maybe these tactics are not up to par. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, here, let me bring that up. Let me click it. Declassified. <laughs> 
kid. Like pistachios? That's fine. Son, today's your lucky day. Luck, luck, lucky, motherfucking day. You know why? <laughs> when you walk through that door, you change your life. Hell, you changed my life. I'd be damned if you didn't change Menlo's life over here. Sir? Menlo! Sir. Yes, sir. Hey, kid, you like boats? Sure does. I bet you like guns, don't you? Damn straight, you do. We like big boats. Ships. With big guns. Damn. Well, the U.S. Marine Corps has big boats with big motherfucking guns on them. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the Navy you said? Goddamn. Pansy-ass taxi cab drivers. <laughs> you don't want to end up swabbing a deck in some goddamn village people sailor man suit, do you? By some fisherman in a dinghy blows you. Isn't the guy on the left outranked no, the guy on the right? We ride on big boats with nice big staff sergeant. And we kick serious amphibious ass. <laughs> dangerous. Dangerous? Fuck yeah, it's motherfucking dangerous. But did you know? The proven fact. That you're more likely to get killed stepping off a city bus than walking down the streets of motherfucking Baghdad. You like video games, don't you? Damn straight he likes video games. Well, the Marines is one big fucking Halo motherfucking Grand Theft Auto grab your M16, grenade launcher, strap on your night vision goggles, and then bang! There goes Charlie. Pop. Fuck up a Haji. Look over there. It's motherfucking dance dance revolution. Watch out for that IED. Don't step on that landmine. Duck under that RPG. You think you're doing fine. And then whack! You get smoked. But not to worry. But not to worry, because Uncle Sam just gave you a motherfucking lifeline. Your GI issue, Kevlar motherfucking vest. Hugs you like your mother and wraps around your balls like a $5 Filipino ball. <laughs> Damn straight he likes coochie. Here, taste this donut. Sweet, juicy, jelly-filled coochie. Mm -hmm. That's what you'll get in the Marine Corps. Who Let are me these guys? Yeah. I don't know what I'm saving this video. He has some motherfucking Jessica Lynch coochie. America, sweetheart. It's got to be old. I'm wondering if these guys are really Marines. And it was a long, long flight. She says, Oh, I'm willing to bet. I ain't never been in Malahaka before, sir. And I said, Jessica, baby, since you're all in that gurney all nice and tight, that old Jupiter Jones here make you a Jupiter Jones member. Swear oh to God. God. Sweet Jesus, her coochie tastes like pistachios. That's something I'll never forget. God damn, <laughs> if old Jupiter don't love him some pistachios. I prefer the jelly fields. Personal preference. <laughs> Grace for shit? Drugs? Who the fuck do you think confiscates opium crops in Afghanistan? Semper Fi. Hua. Here's a ready. No, they can't be no, able to do no. that. He said Hua. Sweet ass. <laughs> Too short, too fat, too smart, too whack, too old, too young. No brains up here. Say what the hell. But not to worry. About too queer. Don't motherfucking <laughs> ask. Don't motherfucking tell. <laughs> so what do you say, kid? Simplify. Yeah. So as you can see, I think their their tactics were a little questionable. I'm I'm definitely going not Marines because they they ended with hua. Yeah, and the dude on the left called the dude on the right sir. Yeah, no, those are civilians. Was, okay, yeah, they were actors. Or they're soldiers pretending to be Marines. That's true. It could be they were making fun of Marines. Um, I'm willing to know. bet. Willing to that bet. was good stuff. What else do we have? Uh, da, 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 we've gone over that. We've gone over the that. Usual. Oh, we could do it the TikTok. Is, ooh, do the TikTok? No. no, what do you we, want to do? It is now November 12th. Mm -hmm. Coming up, hikes is November oh, yeah, 14th, yeah. Yeah. Fort Worth, Texas, this weekend. Oh, I forgot the actual point of the podcast. You're right. <laughs> right? That's why you got me, your Sherpa. Not, uh, right. November 21st, San Antonio. December 5th is Las Vegas, Nevada, and Milford, Mass. And then the final one of the year, 
Key West, Florida. If you're not at Key West, you're missing out because we have uh, a, a nice event called Silkies and Sequins. You get dolled up with sequins, whether it's silkies, a jacket, a hat, glasses, whatever. It's those funny, those dresses and shit. You 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 push one way and it changes colors. It's really cool. It's a it's it's a great event. The Eventbrite should be up shortly. Um, if you're if you're not going to Key West, you're seriously missing out. I mean, other than Raleigh, you're missing out for Key West. Yeah, I I would love to go. You know, when you were saying that, this is so depressing. Because okay, I'm gonna bitch about it again. Because I'm a bitch. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be quarantined till d- December fifth. I'm going to, well, no, no, no. Uh, I think I get off the day before Thanksgiving. So I, I'll take that back. I do get off the day before Thanksgiving off quarantine. If though, and here's the shitty thing. Let's say, so like I've been taking tests every day and they've been negative, but let's say 14 days into this, I pop positive. Well, now I just bought another 10 days. Yep. Yeah. So you done and fucked up, eh, Ron? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really looking forward to this. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'll take it as a chance to catch up on working on the podcast, working on this room, trying to get technology that doesn't stop right in the middle of an interview. Um, I don't know. We'll Man, see. Man, had you not gotten quarantined and gotten COVID and all that shit, I could have been there to help you out and get you. Yeah, and you would have had your fancy pants computer here that has all the stuff. Uh, let's end. Trying to think. Do we want to end with with TMR, our boy uh, Ray Lot, or do we want to end with uh, why'd you join the army? I love these TikTok videos. Oh yeah, love, why'd you join the army? Let's, I love let's, the kids on the TikTok. Kids let's go TikTok. with that. Great. Okay. Oh, we both did it at the same time. Why'd you join the army, Camaros? <laughs> why'd you join the army? I hate myself. Why'd you I join hate the myself. Army? I don't know. Frost, Frost, Frost. Why'd you join the army? Uh, I hate my life. Triple. Why'd you join the army? This gourmet food. Gourmet. Full one. Why'd you join the army? I thought I'd be allowed to eat in peace. <laughs> Flores, why'd you join the army? Hey, 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 Holmes. Holmes, why'd you join the army? Why? Yeah. I don't fucking know, bro. Hey, why'd you join the army? Why'd you join the army? I don't know, I wish I was. Hey, why'd you join the army? I don't know, man. I thought that was a good idea at the time, bro. Hey, Bull, why'd you join the army? Money. <laughs> Money. It's definitely not money. I'm retarded. <laughs> I'm retarded. Look at look at kids. Old man Sullivan's uh, gonna step up here for a minute. Someday you're gonna look back on those times and you're gonna be like, God damn, what were those good times? Yeah, the hurry up and wait and all the bullshit you gotta go through and yeah, there's things that suck, right? There's things that suck, especially the fact that you're, the, you're, I know not everyone is, but technically you're the tip of the sword. Shit goes down, you're going to wind up in some weird-ass country where people are trying to kill you. I get that. But when I look back on my service, even when we were overseas, even when we were getting shot at, they were still some of the best times of my life. And I think that's why when you're out, uh, mental health takes a dive because you look back on it. It's like looking back on your glory days. So reach out, call, text, email, Facebook, TikTok, what do the kids do today? Walk next door. My next door neighbor's a Vietnam vet. Knock on his door. Well, not his, but you get what I'm saying. And and talk about it and talk about it because that's what helps with mental health. Um, stop hiding and tell your stories. That's all I got. Jeremy, you got anything? Stay alive. You know, doesn't matter how bad this gets, just stay alive. It's not that much longer. Awesome. We will see you guys in one week. Take care.